0: Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the UK True Crime Weekly Podcast. I'm Adam. Firstly, a huge thank you to this week's new Patreon supporters. That's Alan Strickland and Tajika Metzger-Kirsten. Thank you so much for your support. Much appreciated. And I hope you enjoy the bonus episodes and other exclusive content, along with the 5k cash bonus for signing up. So are you ready for Christmas this year? If in the UK, are you fed up of Slade and Wizard and, dare I say it, even Last Christmas? Now, if you work in a shop and they're on a loop, you must get sick of these songs, right? In today's episode, we head back to Scotland in December 2014 to look at a quite remarkable story based around one unbelievable night. Did you like the Hangover films? I was on a date watching the first one with someone who had one of those horrendous, loud, drain-like, long laughs, so it probably wasn't my most enjoyable couple of hours ever. But anyway, when we think of the Hangover films, they're based on the premise, aren't they, of one amazing, wild night where things get out of control quickly. For today's story, think of one surreal night when everything changes for a number of people. But unlike the film The Hangover... Take away any hint of humour and replace this with sheer chilling horror. But before we begin, a quick word from the sponsors of today's show, and that's Harry's. This is for you on Twitter, Terence. as I know you enjoyed this part of the show so much last week. You are just in denial, Terence. You love it, really. I've told you many times that I love Harry's and I use it myself. My skin is pretty sensitive and using Harry's products is awesome for my sensitive skin. It really cares for it and leaves me feeling genuinely fantastic. Join me and head to harrys.com slash truecrime today to have your trial set delivered to your door for just £3.95. I'm also not so good on following rules, to say the very least. And what initially attracted me to Harry's was the story of the owners, Jeff and Andy, who were fed up of being overcharged for razors, so they started their own company. How cool is that? I love the attitude. But of course... If the quality wasn't there, I wouldn't stay with them. But as it is, I do. And I would love you to enjoy the same quality shaving experience today by claiming your exclusive trial set for just £3.95. So do it now. Please support this podcast and get your trial set delivered to your door, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover. Simply head to harrys.com slash crime right now. Let's set some context by taking a look at the music we were listening to at the time. Top of the UK charts were Take That with These Days. In the US, the top spot was held by Taylor Swift with Blank Space. And her album, 1989, topped the album charts in Australia. Talking of Australia, as I write this, I am listening to the carnage that is the ashes. And Smith has just completed his double century. I trust you, my Australian listeners, are enjoying the cricket more than me. Not difficult, really. It's looking very much like 5 0. In the news this month, Darren Wilson, the police officer who shot dead unarmed black teenager Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, finally resigned. And protests erupted in cities across the US after a grand jury decided not to charge the New York City police officer who killed Eric Garner with a chokehold. The world's first penis transplant procedure was carried out by a team from Stellenbosch University and Tyreberg Hospital in Cape Town, South Africa. And in cinema, The Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies, the third and final Hobbit film directed by Peter Jackson, starring Martin Friedman and Ian McClellan, premiered in London. Are you a fan? I don't know. It's just not my thing. I just don't get it one little bit. Thirty-eight-year-old Stephen Matheson lived in Falkirk, which is a large Scottish town, around 23 miles northwest of Edinburgh and 20 miles northeast of Glasgow. I have a Falkirk fact: the Falkirk Wheel, the only rotary canal connector in the world, is located within Falkirk. The attraction was completed in 2002, and it connects the Forth and Clyde Canal to the Union Canal. There is me not liking the Hobbit. But looking at the picture of this, I want to see it. I think I need to get out more, don't you? So Stephen Matheson was a car sales manager at nearby showroom Arnold's Clark and was, well, frankly, he was unremarkable. He lived a modest life in a quiet residential road in Falkirk with his partner of 10 years, Suzanne Thogerson, and their two young children. Neighbours described the family as keeping themselves to themselves and although polite when he saw neighbours... Stephen was seen as an ordinary, everyday, and slightly boring middle aged man who had lived and worked in Falkirk for his whole life. But as we have heard so often on this podcast, there are very few of us who don't have a part of our lives that's unknown to very few of the other people in our lives, if any. You know exactly what I mean when you look at your own life, don't you? For Stephen Matheson, he had developed a cocaine habit. Most of us know how these things can start, and at first it was great as it made him feel confident and good about the world when he took cocaine. But as can so easily happen to some people, it began to get out of control. And it wasn't cheap either, and he soon ran up large debts. Stephen Matheson was aware of what was happening to him, and what he stood to lose if the spiral continued, and he desperately tried to kick the addiction, even attending meetings of Cocaine Anonymous. But as you'll know, if anyone in your circle is a heavy cocaine user, this really isn't easy to do, and Stephen was struggling. He'd also developed another habit when he was high on cocaine, and that was using sex lines and escorts. All of this he managed to keep from his partner, Suzanne. But on the 4th of December 2014, concerns about cocaine were a long way from his mind, as he enjoyed a day out shopping with his family enjoying those special moments ahead of Christmas, as the excited children marvelled at the lights and the smells and the toys in town. His partner was due out for her work's Christmas party that evening, so while she went home ahead of him to give her time to get ready, he took the children out for an early dinner. By all accounts, Stephen was in good spirits as the three of them ate together, and after dinner, he dropped one of his children at his grand, before returning to the family home in Falkirk, with his younger four-year-old son. His partner was already out, so when he got back at about 6.30pm, he sent her a text saying, have a good night, love you. But also when he got home, he started on the cocaine, and he didn't hold back. As his mood changed under the influence of the drug, quickly Stephen was feeling the familiar pull of the sex lines. Although he tried to resist it, he just couldn't, And as his partner was out, he decided to arrange for an escort to come to his home. An incredibly risky move, as Suzanne could of course return home at any time. Stephen put his son to bed and then made the call to book an escort, took some more cocaine and then he waited. The escort he had contacted was 23-year-old Luciana Mora. Originally from Transylvania, Romania, Luciana was a mother to a 7-year-old daughter who remained in Romania with her parents. From a poor background, Luciana worked as a sex worker to support her family and she managed to send home upwards of 400 euros a month. Her family in Transylvania didn't know what she was doing. They believed she'd been in Holland and was now working in Germany as a waitress. Luciana had only arrived in Scotland a few days earlier from London and was aiming to earn as much money as possible so that she could buy presents for her family and friends when she returned home to Romania shortly to celebrate Christmas. Dressed in a red dress, black tights and high-heeled shoes, Luciana arrived at the small semi-detached house at about ten past eleven. But within minutes, she was dead. High on cocaine, Stephen Matheson launched a frenzied attack on Luciana in his bedroom, stabbing her 44 times before cutting her throat. Matheson was a big old unit and would easily have overpowered the slight framed Luciana, but Luciana put up a real fight with defensive wounds found on her hands from where she had desperately fought for her life. All the while, while this was taking place, Matheson's son slept soundly in the room next door, unaware of how his life was about to change forever. Not finished for the night, Matheson propped up the fully-dressed body of Luciana on his bed and he ordered two more escorts to come to his home. Matheson then sent a simple text to his partner saying, sorry, with two kisses. Shortly afterwards, the two escorts arrived, aged 22 and 26, like Luciana, both are from Eastern Europe. Looking through the window from the outside, they could see the burly frame of Matheson casually sitting on the couch in the living room. After a brief chat with him about their journey from Edinburgh, Matheson calmly led them upstairs to his bedroom. He went into the bedroom first. He put on the light and hung back at the door whilst the women walked in. As soon as they entered the bedroom, they saw the awful sight of Luciana lying on her back on top of the double bed. Matheson then grabbed two knives before blocking the door to prevent their escape. Neither of the women could believe what was happening and in terror, one of the women begged Matheson to let them go but he grabbed their mobile phones and flung them away. They were now trapped in a bedroom with this crazy man and they knew that to have a chance of escaping with their lives they'd have to do exactly as he asked. Matheson was in no hurry. Although still high on cocaine, he was aware that his life was never going to be the same again and he was going to take his time. He first tormented the women by stroking them with the knives, enjoying seeing the sheer terror as he did so, and then he threatened to kill them, if they did not do exactly as he told them. He asked both women to take off their clothes, and to dance together for him. In fear of what he might do, and with the body of Luciana lying on the bed in front of them, each did exactly as they were told. After a while he tired of this and he ordered that each of the ladies in turn lay down on the bed next to Luciana and he raped both women in the bedroom. It was such a gruesome scene as Luciana's body was propped up by Matheson as if to watch the awful activity taking place next to her and Matheson's young son still slept in the room next door. Matheson then ordered the two women downstairs where he raped them both again. As he was attacking them in his living room, he revealed to them that his young son was asleep in the bedroom upstairs. He told them, I'm going to be many years in prison because I killed that girl. I've done this to show my wife something. He told them he knew he faced years in prison for murder, then calmly snorted some more cocaine and accused them of not doing their jobs properly. It was now half past midnight. Terrified, the women suspected it was just a matter of time before this volatile man killed them both, but then suddenly Matheson was interrupted by a noise outside. Thinking of his wife returning, he went to the window to look. Seizing this opportunity, the two women made a dash for the door. Matheson was only distracted for a moment, and he turned towards them as they bolted naked out of the door. He gave chase, slashing one on the leg with a knife, but they escaped to a nearby flat, owned by local bar person Hazel McAlpine. Luckily, Hazel was still awake when she heard battering on her door and saw the sobbing women. She was forced to go downstairs because the intercom was faulty. Hazel said, I was hesitant as I had no idea what was going on. When I opened the door, I saw the two of them were naked. The blonde only had a pair of shoes on and the brunette had nothing on but a thong around her neck. The brunette had a big lump on the side of her face. By the size of her jaw, I'd say she'd been hit quite a few times. I think the blonde had a slash on her thigh and she showed me that and said, that's what he did to us. He tried to kill us. The brunette had a cut on the back of her leg. They were obviously frightened. They were both breathing really heavily. I couldn't make out much of what they were saying so I decided to bring them up to my flat. As the women told Hazel what had happened to them, She called police, who took about 10 minutes to arrive. Hazel said, I called them back panicking, because the two women were panicking, saying that if the police got called in their home countries about something like this, then they would be here already. My fear was that I didn't know where he was. For all I knew, he could have been chasing them. My buzzer went again and we all got a fright. We didn't know if it was the police or him. She added, When I first got to the door, the police said, Don't worry. We've got him. In fact, after the two women had escaped, Matheson knew the game was up and he called the police himself. He dialled 999 and said, I've been high on drugs and I've killed a prostitute. Tell the officers I'm not aggressive. I'm sitting on the couch. I had two other girls, but I've let them go. And Matheson was indeed still sitting in his living room when police turned up. He got down on his knees and held out his hands so that officers could arrest him. Then at 2am, in the midst of all this activity, his partner Suzanne arrived home from her night out. What a sight that must have greeted her, and she became hysterical as she saw the large numbers of police at the house, and her husband under arrest. Her first fear must have been for her young son, but very quickly police told her about the horror that had unfolded at her house that fateful evening. It's hard to imagine how you'd react to this, isn't it? It must be impossible to take in. And in a sense, I think, the worst time must be when you first awake from sleep after the incident and you realise that it wasn't all just one horrible nightmare. In police interviews, Matheson showed no remorse and he gave no reason for the killing and the rapes. Police suspected it was due to the drug problem and the debt, neither of which were known about by his partner Suzanne. But Matheson wasn't telling anybody just why he had stabbed that night. Friends and neighbours of the couple were just so shocked. How often do we hear on this podcast that this sort of stuff doesn't happen around here and they'd never have thought the person capable? One neighbour said, I didn't know the man, but I saw him plenty of times to say hello. He was just a quiet guy who kept himself to himself. I don't think that many people around here knew him well. There's no way anyone would have thought he was into the likes of cocaine and prostitutes, but it just goes to show that anyone is capable of something like this. Another neighbour expressed the community's concern for Matheson's devastated family. She said, It's the boys and Suzanne that everyone is feeling for. They're innocent victims in all of this as well, and they're being very brave, well, on the face of it anyway. Friends of the father of two told of their shock that this seemingly normal family man could be a killer. One said, Everyone is stunned at this because Matthew, as he was known, was a total Mr Ordinary, a fat guy nobody would look twice at. Springfield Drive, where he lived, is one of the quietest streets in Falkirk and it's just the last place you'd expect this to happen. Another added, People think he lost his mind to drink and drugs that terrible night. It must be absolutely dreadful for his partner and children. Matheson's trial at the High Court in Glasgow was not a fair. He cried hysterically as details of his crimes were revealed to the court. The two women he'd attacked sat just feet away from him, visibly shaking at their ordeal. At one stage, the hearing had to be stopped as Matheson began to retch violently and loudly as if he was soon to be sick. His lawyer walked over to talk to him for a while and then the trial could resume. Meanwhile, His two rape victims were escorted by police into the public benches behind the dock. The two literally clung to each other throughout the 45-minute hearing as details of the sex attacks and the murder of Luciana Mora were read out. At one point, one of the women left in distress before returning to support her friend. Matheson pleaded guilty to the rapes and murder with his lawyer saying that Matheson bore full responsibility for the killings and rapes. On the 7th of May 2015, Lord Bannatyne sentenced Stephen Matheson to life imprisonment, stating he would serve at least 22 years in prison. The judge said, Stephen Matheson, this is an appalling case. The crimes you have committed are truly dreadful. By your actings, a young woman has lost her life. You contacted this young woman and had her come to your home. Within a very short time of her arrival, you subjected her to a sustained and brutal attack. You stabbed this defenceless young woman on approximately 44 occasions. As you subjected her to this attack, she must have been terrified. Your actings have deprived her parents of their daughter and deprived a young girl of her mother. The lives of these people have been devastated by what you did. However, you did not stop there. You had also invited two other young women to your house. When they arrived, you subjected them to a sustained, degrading and terrifying attack involving their being repeatedly raped. Throughout the attack, they must have feared for their lives. A particularly appalling part of the attack on these women was that the initial part of it took place in the bedroom where the body of the deceased was lying. Your actings can only be described as wholly depraved. Eventually, when an opportunity to escape arose and they sought to take it, you sought to prevent them escaping. Only by good fortune were they able to escape and run naked to obtain assistance. The only explanation provided for these terrible and senseless crimes is that you had taken a lot of cocaine. That was a conscious and deliberate act by you. You, it appears from the Criminal Justice Social Work Report, had taken cocaine on many occasions before. That you were under the influence of cocaine is not mitigation. I've considered your personal circumstances as set out in the Criminal Justice Social Work Report. I note that you have no previous convictions and that until these events, you've been a person of good character. I note that you pled guilty at the earliest opportunity. I take into account what's been said by your QC, but I have to balance what has been said in mitigation against the very serious nature of these charges. Matheson sobbed in the dock as sentence was passed. It's really hard to have any sympathy for him, isn't it? He not only killed one person and ruined two other lives, But he also devastated the lives of his partner and young children. He will be forever affected by his actions. Detective Inspector David Pinckney, who led the murder inquiry, said Stephen Matheson had not been known to police prior to this night. It's certainly very unusual for a crime like this to happen without previous offences. This has been an extremely traumatical deal for the women involved and their families in the wider community. I'd like to commend the bravery of the two young women and Luciana's family throughout the investigation. He added, It's a very quiet community where this kind of crime is highly unusual and rare. The community has slowly come back to normal. Police Scotland welcome this sentence and although nothing can undo Matheson's actions at night, I hope that this will give his victims and all those affected by his crimes some sense of closure. Luciana's sister, Denisa, Said her family would never forgive their sister's killer. She said, We are full of pain for what has happened. We expect justice to be done, and I want Luciana's killer to pay. Telling of the moment they learnt what had happened to Luciana, her mum said, We received a phone call from the police, who said they'd received a phone call from Interpol, and they asked me if I knew where my daughter was. I told them I thought she was in Germany and later in the Netherlands. Luciana had given me this address in case anything happened to her. I couldn't speak to the police anymore and gave the phone to my other daughter, and we then had to go to the police station to get a number for the police in Scotland. We do not know how she ended up in Scotland from the Netherlands. All we found out is that she died in Scotland. The family were initially told I'd have to raise £7,300 to ship the body home, but this sum was eventually paid by the authorities in Scotland, after local residents in Falkirk launched a petition. Depressingly, one of the women raped by Matheson tried to return back to Scotland in 2017 after being unable to escape the sex industry. She was identified at Glasgow Airport and sent back to Romania. Sadly, this isn't unusual and increasing numbers of women and men are still being trafficked into the UK sex industry as we listen today. Gordon Summers, the Assistant Director of Border Force North told the Daily Record newspaper this is about safeguarding vulnerable young women and men who are being trafficked and exploited as well as protecting the communities people are living in. Border Force is working with partners to identify the traffickers and organisers and looking to flush out those behind the brothels and who sell girls on. Those attending brothels are encouraging criminality and the exploitation of young women. Often these women have been forced into this lifestyle against their will and they're exposed to violence and intimidation by the gangs who brought them there. They're powerless. So what do you make of what we've heard today? We've discussed on many occasions on this podcast how life can change in just an instant after being in the wrong place at the wrong time, as happened to the innocent victims of today's story. Especially for poor Luciana, such a waste of a young woman who was trying to support a better life for her family. But what about the life of Matheson and his family, destroyed in a terrible eight hours when he went from just another anonymous middle-aged man to a murderer? I don't think we can feel any sympathy for him at all. But what happened to him that evening? What was the trigger? What made him murder Luciana when she walked through the door? Did he have murder in mind before? Or did he just snap? He talked to the other two women about making some point to his wife with what he had done. But quite what that point was is unclear. He certainly has lots of time to reflect on his actions in prison. I wonder if he's reviewing the events of that night, this very moment, as you listen to this podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the UK True Crime Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please head to the Facebook group to discuss all aspects of UK True Crime. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please sign up at patreon.com slash UK True Crime, where you can access 10 full-length bonus episodes and other special content for just £3 a month. What a bargain. It just remains for me to wish you a wonderfully happy and peaceful Christmas wherever you are and whatever you are doing. Please be kind to everyone Even that particularly annoying relative. And we'll speak again next week. Until then, cheerio.